and welcome everyone. I'm Annalise. And I'm Rob. You are listening to the Clarkson Ignite podcast coming to you from Zoom. As always, our mission is to shape the podcast to the Ignite slogan, which is Think, Make, Ignite. We hope to connect individuals across Clarkson's diverse community and give you interesting, unique content. Our hope is that you can walk away from our episodes learning something new and valuable. For this week's episode, we spoke with Kevin Newmeyer. Kevin is a Clarkson alumni from the class of 86, where he majored in civil and environmental engineering. This week, we spoke with Kevin about Swift Rails, an affordable and sustainable form of transportation. It was great to have Kevin on talking about Swift Rails. I definitely learned a lot. I hope you did as well. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Um, to start, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe about your time at Clarkson? Okay, sure. Um, so I'm a uh, civil env- and environmental engineer, uh, graduated uh, Clarkson in uh, 1986. Um, studied, um, well, I was going to be, I, I knew I was going to be doing environmental work. So the, I, uh, the environmental engineering was, was part of what I wanted to do. Uh, and knew that was sort of my career, at, at least. Uh, and uh, I liked the civil engineering part, particularly transportation. And I didn't really have a reason exactly that I liked it, but I did like it. And uh, later on, I found out that I would use it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we know that you have Swift Rails, and you're are you one of the founders of Swift Rails? Yes, yes. So okay. I uh, founded it uh, together with uh, Jim Enright, uh, and we've had uh, uh, several others uh, have joined us uh, since. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you originally came up with the concept for Swift Rails? Okay, so I guess it was really a concept that was sort of in the back of my head for a bunch of years. Uh, I remember in high school drawing little designs of what would be human-powered vehicles. Um, and a human-powered vehicle uses very little energy. Um, and so I yeah, attended some of like the human-powered vehicle races. Um, that was, you know, kind of interesting over the years. Um, so, and, and um, so anyway, fast forward a bunch. Uh, I am CEO of Ecology and Environment, and we're a uh, global uh, engineering environmental consultancy. I'm talking at a UN meeting, and I was going to talk about this rideshare program that we had developed, and the question came back, and it was different than what I expected. Uh, We had this panelist, group of panelists uh, in there, and it was, you know, all people I respected, uh, uh, Dan Sperling, uh, world expert on transportation, uh, Tesla was there, California Air Board, uh, you know, sort of all great people. And there was like, well, okay, how are we actually going to get to sustainable transportation? So I threw out the speech that I was going to give because I was like, well, hey, the world needs this. This is, you know, if if there was any forum that I should say what I absolutely think, I said, you know, this is probably the one. I was scared a little bit when I was doing it um, because I was really very off script. I said, you know, basically, we are never going to get to sustainable transportation this way. The The physics is wrong. So if, you know, you got a two-ton vehicle moving a 200-pound person and you're rubber on asphalt, 
Um, you know, it, it, that's never going to work. So let's do something entirely different to get to sustainable transportation. And, you know, this was like a quick five minute pitch, I guess, you know, and then question and answers. Um, and so I, you know, was pretty concerned about how that would come off. And, you know, people cheered. This was, I was shocked, uh, particularly developing countries were, you know, getting up and saying, hey, we want this. We don't want what's in California. <laughs> we got all these roads and, you know, people are just stuck in congestion. Um, so that was sort of a sort of an, uh, you know, kind of a, a I don't know, a sign <laughs> that uh, this, you know, would work. I still was a consultant, hadn't uh, expected to build it. So, you know, I don't know, six months later, it's sort of a Boy Scout retreat. Uh, uh, we were we were kind of, uh, our kids were in this, uh, Jim Enright, uh, a friend of mine there, and we were Boy Scout leaders. Uh, and we were sort of talking about it. And he goes, hey, I think we could build that. And, you know, we, 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 we talked about it for a lot. Uh, and, you know, then we started tinkering around in the backyard. And at some point in there, we're like, not only can we build this, but it will be a lot less expensive than anything else uh, ever for transit. And so, you know, it, it, it was, it was kind of shocking, really, because uh, we expected it would work. I mean, the concept was, you know, you're going to move individual people instead of uh, like buses or train loads. And, and that, that, that makes sense. That's why people want a car because they'll get to the spot they want to get to and they don't have to switch and it's a lot faster for them. Um, but the thinking, you know, at least pre going through all of the calculations and discussions and how we would build it was this isn't, you know, this, is, this doesn't work. The, the, the concept of transit is you move lots of people at once and that's, you know, more efficient. Well, it's efficient for that vehicle, but it's not efficient really to get people from spot A to B, which is essentially what we all want to do. That's really cool. I like that it kind of came up out of nowhere for you. Like it was just like an on a whim type of thing. The idea came up and then started in your backyard. I think that's like, I feel like not many like big ideas come out of something like that. Well, it's hard to, right? So, you know, when, it, when, it's, when it's a big idea, first you have to articulate it well enough that somebody can understand it. And I guess I must have done okay at the UN meeting because people <laughs> liked it. Um, and then we talked about, talked with a bunch of transportation professionals about it as well. So they all said, yes, hey, that sounds really good. And so we, we kind of, and then we, you know, talked to people that would ride it and things like that. And they said, hey, that sounds really cool. And a lot of people was like, oh, it's like the Jetsons, um, <laughs> which is an old comic <laughs> that had people zipping around uh, in sort of a way like this. Um, and, you know, I guess it was all that feedback, you know, that said, hey, that, that makes sense. And it, it sort of helped direct it too. I mean, we, we went through like four iterations to, you know, get to where we are now. Uh, you know, the first one, they, they, they worked in, you know, to various degrees and then the next one worked better. It was, you know, kind of a, a, a good process in that sense. Awesome. So your main factor for creating Swift Rails, was it the environmental factor or was it the cheaper transportation? It was environmental. 
it, it was entirely environmental. Uh, it was sort of addressing the how do you get to sustainable transportation. And after Clarkson, I did get my master's uh, looking at uh, climate change. And that was in like 92. And I sort of calculated the uh, carbon footprint before it was called that. It was the like anthropogenic something of, uh, you know, impact of the county and, and, and sort of proposed ways to re reduce that. And then I guess a cool thing, I got to consult pretty much on every type of thing that I had suggested, um, which was, you know, solar, wind, um, a variety of renewable energies, building energy efficiency, uh, you know, and then got to transportation, which was this big one that I hadn't done too much on. We had developed this rideshare uh, system, but this was like the big answer. Uh, so it was, it was, the big question was sort of this United Nations climate meeting that they get together every two years. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that was the big answer. That's awesome. I like the fact that you're solving one issue, which is the environmental impact and kind of the sustainability of that. But then you're also kind of answering cheap transportation for all citizens. So it's kind of uh, two with one stone type of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th I think that was, that was something, I mean, the, the, the inexpensive part I never anticipated. I thought it was going to be more expensive uh, to do. I thought we were kind of, you know, might be maglev or, 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 or something else, you know, and, and you look at like the, you know, like boring under cities and stuff like that. All of those are, you know, really uh, hyperloop, all really cool ideas, but really very expensive. And I think what kept us from trying to go any of those routes is we're doing it in the backyard based on, you know, a few thousand dollars head set aside that, you know, it's like, okay, this will be, you know, we'll kind of play with us. Uh. So was the, the domain, excuse me. So was the main uh, design process, did that just take place in your backyard between you and your friend? I took part at, uh, uh, you know, Boy Scout camps. It took uh, part in in the backyard. It took parts, you know, occasionally at the bar. It took place, you know. It, it was a variety of spots. It just, but but it was sort of a conversation that became sort of all engaging. And you know, and then I'd be like, oh, hey, I thought of this. And Jim would be like, oh, I thought of this. And, you know, and then we, we we'd come in and you know we'd talk about it and you know kind of drop something new. Um, so, so it was really cool in that way. It was iterative. It was fun. Um, and we, you know, we realized we could start to address other issues too and things like safety, right? I mean, the, the problem with uh, automobiles is they, or one of the issues is they kill a lot of people, uh, or, you know, have crashes. So if, you know, we said, uh, this, and this was, you know, kind of before autonomous vehicles, anybody kind of thought of them as real. Um, you know, now it's 10 years later or so that discussion isn't the same, you know, people, oh, an autonomous vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, 10 years ago, that discussion was different. So, um, we, we were thinking, all right, well, you know, if, if you're fixed in on a rail and we can control all the vehicles, well, we can keep them from crashing ever, you know, or that's, that's at least our hope, um, you know, which is contrast, contrast wildly with, you know, I mean, there's a million three people that get killed in auto-related uh, accidents uh, around the world uh, each year, which is, you know, kind of on par with COVID almost in terms of, you know, 
concern and uh so from a safety standpoint it's a lot different than a car how what are the safety regulations for uh your vehicle compared to a car okay well so a car a lot of the if you look at sort of accidents that do occur right i mean the worst one is head-on because you got two vehicles going, so you're you know doubling the the speed, the momentum, everything, and they come to a crash. So those are are the worst, the, you know, have the worst repercussions. So we're on individual tracks; that can't happen. Uh, the next sort of thing is the vehicle goes off the road, you know, and it can go off the road and hit any number of things, including people, bicyclists, stores, you know, uh, posts. Uh, any sort of thing. Our vehicle's locked in. We sort of got 12 wheels that, that keep it on there. The vehicle would essentially have to disintegrate before it could come off of the uh, system. And, you know, we're, we're not going to run it anywhere near uh, having that possible. Um, and then that, then the next uh, sort of thing that were occurs, but, but not very dangerous, I guess, you know, becomes uh, rear end collisions. Um, and, you know, basically that has a lot to do with the driver in front making some sort of erratic motion and the driver in back not paying attention. All right. So the combination of those two things, when we're, when we control all the vehicles, we have, you know, it's very different than a single autonomous vehicle. Right. Um, so, you know, we got, uh, we've got ability to see that vehicle that stopped ahead for some reason and, 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 be able to stop, you know, ahead because we know where every vehicle is. And if you always knew where the other drivers were, well, that would be safer. And then the other thing is we're elevated. Um, and we originally didn't think we were going to be elevated. We kind of built at like four feet just because it was comfortable to, to easy to build. <laughs> and um, we were um, the minister of transportation in Germany wanted a drawing of what this was going to look like. And we didn't really have a good drawing. We were just over there. We were talking with them. Um, and their, their transportation group sort of liked that they very much liked the concept. Um, but, you know, it's like, all right, well, where is it going to go? And so we, we did a drawing while we were there. And we said, well, you know, the cost of actually elevating, it, it is more than, you know, at ground level. But the, the, all the other costs of kind of, you know, fencing it or somehow keeping people, you know, from um, going, you know, uh, for, from crossing it, then if we went up, right? And, and, and so it, it's basically because our vehicles are very light, we can go up and the cost isn't that great. I mean, it, it, still, it still definitely costs more than being on the ground, but then you go over everything. And so, you know, you don't have pedestrians as an issue. You don't have bicyclists as an issue. You don't have other cars or trucks or trains as an issue. And so when you can't hit anything other than your own vehicles and you control all your own vehicles, you really have a lot better uh, thing to work with from kind of from a safety point of view. And, and you know, we, we, we got to continue to do and make sure that everything we're doing kind of fits to that. But we got all the right conditions um, in place. That's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about, like, the design and development process, like, to the point that you're at now? Um, sure. And I guess the 
the, the, the one thing it, it, that we're doing and I guess as a startup is kind of fun is you kind of, you're, you're kind of always doing this iterative design. Okay. How can we sort of, you know, produce better, reduce costs to some extent, COVID and the, the pandemic time, right? I mean, we would have been out building um, right now rather than kind of tweaking our design. But, you know, now we're, we're in where we kind of have more time to say, okay, if we laser cut the parts this way and we weld it this way and, you know, how, how can we, you know, optimize making track? What's the best way to produce vehicles? You know, stuff that I, I think we wouldn't have, you know, had the time to do. And I'm, you know, not happy we've had this at all, but, uh, you know, at least it's been good use of the time. Uh, and, and so it, we, we've, we've kept that design iterative. Um, you know, we've, since we're designing both the track and the vehicle, you know, we're, we, we, we kind of have a lot to, to get to work with. Um, you know, we, we've kind of fixed in on, you know, track width and, um, and you know, sort of, sort of design of that. But, you know, there, there's little tweaks that we keep looking at and we, ways we can make it better. Um, and so, you know, and then we sort of go through the engineering of it. Um, you know, it's kind of like an idea first. All right. Hey, is there, you know, is there a better way to process, you know, to make this process wise? Who could we find that would actually make that? Could we make it ourselves? Um, and, you know, sort of, sort of going through typically, a, you know, several items and then we're saying, okay, let's test it. And then once we test it, we learn something from that, and then we, you know, sort of go to the next piece. Um, so it's 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 sort of like a almost like a constant R and D, you know, kind of refining uh, the the product. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, I was I originally thought that maybe COVID would have been like a setback for you guys with well, this process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time. For everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what would you say has been like the biggest setback that you've had so far in this process? Um, yeah, I mean, COVID certainly has been one. We were, we were, for example, um, we had a bunch of family offices sort of uh, that we were going to go visit for to raise money. And uh you know, COVID came and like, oh, nobody's going to meet. <laughs> um, so we went with an online crowdfund offering, you know, that's working. And we're doing some uh, private placement stuff as well. You know, now people have gotten to the, okay, we'll do Zooms um, for this. Uh, it doesn't work as well because one of the great things is taking a vehicle out, you get in it, you feel it, you kind of, you, you, you get, you know, a it's more of an experience, you know, rather than just talking about it. Um, so, you know, I think we, we lose out there. Um, we had all these spots we were going to, you know, plan to go, whether it was from Earth Day or so somewhere else, you know, and it's just like, oh, you know, none of those things happened. Uh, so, you know, th that, that part was real frustrating. We were, we were sort of, you know, getting great momentum, I guess, behind doing, you know, these uh, shows and, uh, you know, uh, we, we kind of move on. I, you get, you have to adapt. So, um, you know, there's no, no, no reason to kind of dwell about it, but, uh, you know, yeah, they're, 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 it, you know, definitely wish it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing, uh, one of your vehicles at Clarkson. Was it last year? 
Uh, we were there for Kogo, yeah. Uh, and we might, I think we were there, um, try, trying to remember schedule. I think we were all, you know, there were, we may have met another uh, uh, time as well. Yeah, I remember seeing it in the ERC and everyone was talking about it. And it's definitely, it's really cool. I think it's a great concept. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, and, and, and I think the other thing, and, and I guess it, it, it's part of the design process, right, is it was great to bring it to Clarkson because we got all kinds of great comments, mm-hmm. you know, some of which we kind of thought about like, oh, we can't do that. And then there's like, yeah, maybe if we tweak that a little bit, that would work. And, and so, you know, I think, you know, some of those things where people are just getting in, you know, uh, sitting in the vehicle, chatting uh, with us, you know, we kind of learn something in there and then we, we you know, make the change. Uh, yeah, so that's, that, that's part of the process as well. Yeah, I can see how COVID would be a big setback with that when you guys, you know, take critiques from it, you want people to experience it and it's so hard right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, luckily we got, you know, lots of comments and stuff and, and we had gotten it out. Had we just, you know, had that been just prior to that, it would have been worse because we would be like, well, what do people think? <laughs> Uh, we know we know they like it and now we're like you know okay we could tweak it here you know how could we make it a little lighter how could we produce it you know a little less expensive uh, faster type of things mm-hmm. one thing we had we, we found and again this was this was not by design at all is uh, in pandemics in general the the concern is, if you go to a very crowded area, let's say a, a, a subway car where you're all smushed in or a bus or something like that, those, those are amongst the worst spots for spread, right? Because physically you're there, the, you know, uh, a sneeze, you can just, you know, you're exposed. You don't really have any protection. I mean, masks and stuff, you know, do, do help a lot. But if you're really, you know, confined in and pre everybody mask, that's a that's a big concern. Now, Swift Rails, we we are more resilient, and and we we kind of didn't think of that to begin with. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, you're socially distanced because you're riding one or or how many other people, but all people in your group, you know, like a two or four. Um, so you know, that's that's socially distanced. Then we kind of realized some other things, like well, okay, in you know a floodwaters, right? You're elevated. So it's not like the, the road may flood out, but, you know, at 12, 15 feet, you're, you know, generally fine. I mean, there can be issues with the flooding to take out, uh, you know, supports and things, but, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of really bad, but where, you know, uh, heavy snows or stuff like that go right through the tracks. I mean, so, so, you know, there were sort of some benefits that we didn't, you know, we weren't really kind of thinking about or articulating that uh, we kind of realized as well. That's awesome. So that actually kind of led to like my next question was how is Swift Rails affected by the weather? So you're saying with all the gaps that kind of takes away the dangers of the snow and rain and all the flooding, correct? Correct. Yes. So yeah. So that that's one of the nice things, right? I mean, uh, you know, you get a you get a big snowstorm and well, you can't go anywhere. So uh, you know, snow drifts, things like that. So so yeah, we, we you know the weather goes through uh the the tracks and that you know 
that is nice. Now we're, we're kind of, you know, working on exactly what the best way is sort of cleaning vehicles and stuff like that in, in, in heavy snows and different kinds of icing situations and stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're kind of working to, you know, what's, what's the best thing with the weather, but yeah, the great thing is it, it goes through and we're, we're elevated. So, you know, what's on the ground doesn't have a, have much of an impact. That's awesome because weather is a huge impact on travel and you kind of keep banging out these things is affordive travel, safe travel. It's awesome. Just from this one idea. Um, how, how, how does the online application work and what variables can the user select? So um, the, 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 the system works, you know, it, it, it's an on-demand system. Now, it depends how many, you know, spots you have, right, that are, um, you know, you're able to um, get. So, so rather than talk about sort of the simple ones, you know, we got three spots to, to go. If you had a, uh, like a city design that had this and you say, let's say I had a couple thousand stations, Right, you're able to pick very much like an Uber. Um, the the you know I want to be at this location and I want to be at this time. Now we're going to give a feedback to say yes that ride's available or you know you're going to have to wait three minutes um, because we're bringing routing a vehicle from well wherever we're routing the vehicle uh, from and then once you get in your um, your uh, time to destination is pretty much guaranteed. I mean, there's, because um, we've got planned what route you're on and that allows us to control all the traffic as well. So again, I think it comes out of the, the research and stuff on intelligent highway systems where the idea was if you had, if, if everybody drove the perfect speed and they drove exactly where you told them to, wow, our roads wouldn't be nearly as bad as they are. Now, that's really hard to do uh, with drivers. And, you know, you see these like signs take, you know, such and such a route. That doesn't really do it. I mean, there's a lot more to it. But when we control all the vehicles, we can route them um, sort of optimally to the best way. And if one route's congested, we just route them around. From the user point of view, you're just going from point A to point B, you know, pick the route. We just take That's them. awesome. What, like, what speeds do the vehicles travel at? Um, so we have not, we do not have a straightaway where we have been able to get this up to speed. Uh, we've, you know, in the shop, we've run the vehicle over a hundred miles an hour, um, wow. you know, just, of course, we're just really spinning the wheels at this point. I mean, we're not, you know, it's not a full real simulator or, you know, a real uh, piece. We're, we're looking for, you know, that straight way where we can uh, do that. I think somewhere around 150 is kind of about where we would see top speed. But again, we, we before we can really give you a top speed, we got to say, you know, we, we've got to, you know, prove it which we're going to need several miles of straight track for. <laughs> That's really cool though. Um, so when are you hoping to have the vehicle like ready for use? Well, I think once COVID is over or, you know, um, and, and I don't know when, you know, exactly that is, 
you know, I think we're ready for use. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that's sort of our goal. We've, we've got a couple, um, uh, we've got a couple uh, different test tracks planned, uh, sort of, you know, do, doing a few different things uh, this spring. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, we're ready for use and uh, it's, uh, we're just waiting for it to everybody else. And <laughs> to be. <laughs> society to be. All right. So I think one of our last questions, and I'll give Rob a chance to ask more questions after, is like, where do you hope to see Swift drills being used in the future? And like, to what capacity? Um, we put together an impact report um, where we thought, all right, you know, we, we tried to think about what exactly we would want, where would this be? And we would like it to be viewed as, as a mode of transportation. So when city planners um, are, are kind of thinking about what their options are, one of them is swift rails. And so we'd like to see this, you know, around the world. Uh, we think it could be 25% of the solution uh, on, for, for transportation. Uh, it, it, it could be more or less. I mean, it, it'll depend largely on our execution and how well we do um, at it. But, um, you know, what, what we're looking for is to make um, sort of a global change, um, have a real comfortable uh, way to get around um, that's equitable, it's safe, um, and it's environmentally sustainable. Um, so, that, 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 that's sort of our goal, you know, and, and we're, we're, well, that's what we're charging towards. Are you hoping for more like to use it more in cities or all over? So we, we've, we, we've talked with the largest cities in the world and they've been very interested in it. Um, we have also talked to some rural spots with you know a couple thousand people and they are very interested in it so we think it actually can uh fit a bunch of uses uh and we're not exactly sure you know we we, we kind of thought of the middle size city as the sweet spot they really can't afford um transit uh but they want it uh as our is where we would produce and, and be most engaged with, but we're kind of finding it on both extremes that, 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 you know, so we're, we're going to build to, you know, where it makes the uh, most sense. And, and it, it, it makes the most sense in a lot of spots. Uh, I think the one thing I didn't mention was parking too, right? I mean, when you mm -hmm. get to spots where you want to, where, where lots of people want to get to, well, it's a pain to park. Um, and then your, your actual real time in a car, if you have to drive around finding a parking spot, becomes a lot more than if you were dropped out right at the door. And so, you know, again, it is, is, is we've gotten to, okay, we're, we're, you know, getting our mission of sustainability. Well, okay, now how can we make it more convenient, you know, just better? Um, and, you know, I think that's, it, it, it's being able to, you know, not necessarily put on a jacket. You just hop in the vehicle and you hop right to, uh, you know, the building you want to go to. Uh, makes, you know, 
makes it may, may, may makes it fun and you know makes it very useful mm-hmm. yeah i really like the idea of this and i really hope that one day i can be in one of the vehicles and have it not have to drive my car in the snow <laughs> all right well thanks and you know uh we are we're working closely with clarkson so uh mm-hmm. you know, we, we 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 hope to be there soon on campus yeah that'd be nice because north country winters are not fun to drive in <laughs> All right. I think that was it. Rob, did you have anything else? I have no further questions. Thank you, though. And I hope to see you on the Clarkson campus. All right. Yes. Hope to be there soon, too. And I guess, you know, that's, uh, well, as soon as we can be there, we will. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a great conversation. Okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob. And I'm Annalise. We'll see you next time.